In this episode of Man vs. Marriage, we have a special guest. My friend, my brother from another mother, Israel in Banabaragu. <laughs> ah, yes, so happy to be here. to another episode of Man vs. Marriage. It is I, your humble servant, the Q-Dog, in the Moran family studio with my lovely wife, Jeannie Moran. Honey, you got a salutation? Hey, guys. And in the Squadcast studio, it is none other, as you heard, my friend and my brother, a man I referred to as coach. Well, I would say almost for a decade, but it has been for much longer than that. Uh, my dear brother, Israel in Banabaragu, who I call Izzy, who I call Coach. Coach, welcome to the program. Oh, it's my pleasure. Great to be here. You know, I'm tempted to do exactly what Jenny said and say, hey, guys. <laughs> that is fantastic, man. It is so good to... It is so good to have you on the show, and we've been trying to put this together for such a long time, and then we moved to Texas where you are now, and we're going to have to get this done like we were talking about earlier. We've got to get this done in person, yes. but I'm going to take advantage of the time we have. Um, Jeannie has strong-armed me to make sure that we get this done in a short amount of time, so I okay. won't waste a lot of time, which I could just talk to you all day long, which yeah, we've done before. Know. That's true. We can't. <laughs> Because the schedule got shuffled around. But without further ado, hey, guys, listen, don't forget to email Quincy at MVSMpodcast.com if you need to reach out to me about life, about your liberty, about your pursuit of happiness in your marriage. Reach out to us. Now, today I have an absolute treat for you. He is going to blow your mind, I'm telling you. Um, he is a former collegiate athlete, former NFL football player, an entrepreneur, and who I I really, truly refer to authentically as a sage of our time, and I'm, I am so excited to introduce you to Israel today and talk about his life, his background, his ministry called Satisfy Soul, um, and really the journey that he's taken to get here, and uh, I'm just thrilled to have you on the show. So Izzy, why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are and what your journey has been? Yes, thank you, Quincy. You know, um, the feelings that you shared with your audience is mutual. You know, I love you and Jeannie, your family, everyone. You know, when we connected, we connected, obviously, you know, through sports. But, you know, when you connect with someone soul to soul, you transcend all of the cultural, political and religious, you know, identities that we use to uh, define ourselves. Because in truth, we are so much more than that. So when you ask me to yeah. define myself, you know, I remember I told you this, when people ask me how old I am, I tell them that I'm ageless and timeless. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I say that. Not be, you know, yeah, I say that not because uh, I'm trying to be arrogant. I say that because it is hard for me to separate myself from the one who created me, yeah, who is ageless and timeless. So my true essence is beyond just me telling you I've been on this earth for however how long the, you know, that I've been here. So I came from Nigeria, you know, in pursuit of the American dream. I got here and, you know, I always tell people I was dreaming in Nigeria as a 13-year-old thinking about playing football. 
But when I came to America, I woke up and man, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. through, through all of my experiences, you know, from uh, um, in pursuit of my dream, being homeless, going to USC, getting drafted by the 49ers, and then ending up playing for the Cowboys and going into business and being married for 27 years. You see, my life can go on and on and on. I'm so thankful for that. So all of the experiences that God has given to me, you know, that I've experienced from learning from people, from different races, different cultures, different, you know, has been something that I'm very grateful for. So I like, I love going out and speaking in anywhere I'm invited to share, you know, the importance of speaking life because that's what my ministry, Satisfied Soul, is about. Yeah, yeah, and, and and to say that it's a ministry is like underselling it, even though I know, you know, in American culture, the word ministry means a certain particular thing, but That's true. That's it is true. so much more than a church thing. It's not a religious thing. It's so much deeper than that, and the one thing you didn't mention is what makes you, um, you and, and myself, as a matter of fact, hmm. part of the upper echelon of the human race. What is that? <laughs> we are girl dads. Come on now. Yes. Got girls. <laughs> yes. Do you know how? Translation, you're spoiled. <laughs> Translation, we are anointed. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Yeah. The, uh... You know, it, it, it takes, you know, you know, women, you know, girls, they are delicate. And yet they are very strong and they're powerful. They're intelligent. It's amazing that the essence of, Wisdom is defined as a woman in many cultures. So for God to trust you with a lot of women, that tells you that, man, there's something special about you. So you're right. You are the upper excellence of society because without women, there's no society. <laughs> that's right. That's right, man. That is, that's good. See, we already yeah. started this thing off. That's where we're at. Okay. That's where we're at. So yeah. one thing I want, I'd love for you to talk to um, our audience about, you know, and you're you're speaking to you're speaking well outside of the, the United States of America. You're talking to Canada. You're talking to India. You're talking uh, to the UK. You're talking to South America. You're talking to Africa, etc. Um, every time mm. we get a download from Nigeria, I get so fired up. I feel wow. I don't know what it is, but I feel like the Nigerians are my people too, just because of you, man. I I, I freaking love the Nigerians, just so you know. <laughs> um, well, it, talk to me. Uh, yeah. No, no, I was gonna say no. There's a there's a point that I remember when we were coaching together, and a referee did not understand what I was saying. You explained it to them. So <laughs> so. I am my brother's keeper. I am a warrior. I am a champion. Come on. That's right. Um, So talk to me, which it's really, really interesting. And I know it has been, I would say, greater than um, at least greater than 10 years that um, you have been endeavoring with Satisfy Soul. I know at one point. You know, I we had uh, we had done some work together, getting some logos and whatnot together for you, and that's kind of what, you know, we talked about the meaning of that and 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 the essence of that back in the day. But yeah. really, talk to us about uh, where Satisfy Soul is and how it was birthed and and what part it plays. That's a great. You know, I, I love talking about that because you know, uh, to piggyback of what you said, this is not about ministry like the typical world ministry. Because it transcends, you know, culture, politics, and religion. Many years ago, I was, uh, you know, around the time I met you, 
you know, I was in a very confused state of my, in my life. I was going back to USC to get my degree, and I was frustrated with a lot of things that was happening to me. And I, I reached out to the Most High, and and He gave me a vision, you know, clear, clear vision. And and the vision, you know, I saw a big pile of debris. I mean, a huge pile of debris on Avenue K, on Avenue mm. K, Peter May Avenue K, and it was covering the road. <laughs> <laughs> that I couldn't go forward, I couldn't go backwards. I mean, we're just blocking the whole, you know, um, the whole place. And I saw a hand descend from above and pull from the rumble, you know, a rag. Uh, on it is written the word satisfied soul. So satisfied soul is about all of those rumbles that was covering the road where all of the things we value as identities, as truths, all of those things mm-hmm. are rumbles. They don't reflect who we are. And, in, you know, all of those fables and all of the structures and all of the you know words and experiences that we use to construct our identity and our own fulfillment you know if i felt like you know god was telling me no you are so much more than that we are the breath yes. of god that is the soul you know and each and every human being regardless of their race regardless of their religion regardless of where they come from that is where we should be communicating from you know, unfortunately, the Western understanding of the soul is often referred to as emotion. It's not emotion, <laughs> you know. So that's on. that's one of the things I, I like to you know let you know share with people that it transcends you know and our cultures and politics and religion. I think that's a brilliant way to put it. And one of the reasons that I kind of came to that uh, first is because I believe that kind of opening opening up our our mind opening up our spirit um and uh, and kind of allowing thoughts that may challenge us um and sometimes to the core of who we are just helps to facilitate growth in our life if that makes sense and yes. through this process i mean you know you have you have this ministry which i feel like is very it's vital um, it's vital to the future of who we are as a people. And I know that sounds very grandiose, but when you think no. about the words that you speak um, and the effect that it can have, even if it if it happens one or two or three or 10 or 15 people at a time, and then the ripple effect, um, when you when you help someone step into an area of freedom in their life, that ripple mm-hmm. effect that they go out and they'll talk to two or three other people, and then it works on one of the kingdom's principles of multiplication. So I think it's important that we talk about that because you have the same, you know, you have some of the the very same challenges I do as a husband and as a father and, you know, struggling with our identity and and who, who are we and what are we to do and what is life really about? Um, So I think it's important that, you know, the guys that listening that are listening to this show understand that there are some of there are some of the things that maybe that you've been taught in life and and look I'm I'm a firm believer um, that we hold God responsible for things that He has no He had no business in um, <laughs> and so if we can yeah. if you know what I'm saying it's like yeah. my resentment um, towards God in certain areas of my life were because of men. Uh, not mm-hmm. because of God. So yeah. I think it's important for us to talk about a satisfied soul. And how does that, how does that relate like to driving your identity? How does that relate to 
giving you a foundation for what your purpose is because um as as men of faith we believe that you you're just not here by accident you're here for a reason and you know god has given us a gift called marriage he's given us a gift called children and you know how are we responsibly going to steward that etc and i know i know those are a lot of words but i think it's i think it's imperative that we talk we have discussions about this because we need to liberate the minds and the souls of those who are around us you you're absolutely right about how in other words how how does this become an everyday life you know for example if you go to my site it talks about living outside the box you know, beyond our doubts, our fears, our ethnic boxes, even our sexuality. You know, we have a lot of people who are defining themselves based upon their sexuality, defending, you know, defining themselves based upon their doubts, defining themselves based upon limited to their, you know, just, you know, all of the doubts and fears and narrative that their culture and their gender gave them. You know, speaking of marriage, one of the things that helped my wife and I, uh, Amber, in our relationship is the fact that I came to realize that Amber is a soul. Before she became a woman, she's a soul, you know? So, but if I'm trapped in my manhood of what Nigerians taught me, that this is what it means to be a man. If I'm trapped in that, I will not be able to understand my children or I will not be able to understand my wife. Because all of those cultural languages and, you know, religious languages and, you know, political languages can be very trapping. They can trap us to think this is just who you are. But when you allow God to move through you, you know, as the word, you know, says, you know, that what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his soul? Do you know what that, a lot of people think of money, but what God is talking about in that situation, what Christ is talking about in that situation is simply this. The world is made up of words, experiences, you know, creations that are limited. You getting accolades and getting loved and praised and adored and, you know, molded by these words, experiences and creations of men that are limited by their biases and their insecurities. You can't really live an abundant life. Because now for me right. to understand my wife, I have to be more than a man, <laughs> you know, because, yeah. you know, as men, we have certain sensitivities that if my wife might say something that, you know, that, that might make me mad, the way I react, I'll react like a man. I will not react like a soul that is willing to understand another soul. You know, so we allow our boxes. That's what I mean about living outside the box. We allow our boxes to trap us and limit the way we understand each other, you know, for example, the, the way you and I connected, we started having conversation. You allowed me to speak my truth. I allowed you to speak your truth. And we were able to find commonalities and have conversations that, oh, wow, this is possible. But if we are stuck in our boxes, then guess what? We can really go beyond just our boxes. We can live an abundant life. And what do we say about boxes? Boxes can only feed you what's within the boxes. Well, God has called us right. to have an abundant life, which is what? Outside the boxes. You know, so, you know, there are practical steps that I teach people on how to do that. And as a husband, as a father, as a friend, you know, and for me, being someone who was, as you know, was involved in politics as well. 
So I'm not speaking out of lack of knowledge. I'm speaking because I've seen it all. You know, <laughs> I, I, I have seen, I have yeah. seen politi- <laughs> I have seen politicians who get on TV and they curse each other out. But the everyday man doesn't know that right after that show is over, that that man might go to a dinner with the other politician he's cursing out and they have a, a cigarette, a cigar and, you know, a bourbon and just, you know, say, how was your wife? You know, <laughs> you know the masses are killing themselves, but the politicians are, you know, in Cancun having a bourbon and a cigar, you know, <laughs> you know yeah. so... <laughs> I haven't just seen one of know, the many lessons uh one of the many lessons i learned from you back in the day um yeah <laughs> that i've kept my i've kept my eye on it and said you know is he's gotta he's gotta look behind the curtain he knows exactly how ugly it is so you know what yep. what is what is uh what's theater and what's reality um and one thing yep. one thing i truly want to pick up on what you said is the world is made of limited um that is that to me is a is a a really big statement because it we our our limiting thoughts our limiting beliefs um yep. they really do truly stand in the way of us becoming you know becoming the fullness of what I believe God has for us and so how yep. do you get to how do you live outside of that and live in what is the unlimited place because I awesome. think it, it, I think it's only when we can discover those things that it, it gives us the ability to really redefine our life and, and be able to be able to catch what the true vision is uh, for God's purpose for our life. Absolutely. You know, how are you able to do that? One word, formless. You know, that is a very powerful word that God you know, deposited in my spirit. And how do we become formless? You become formless, you know, when you surrender. You know, we hear the words that said, you know, God said, stand and be still. But what I've learned through my experience is that to stand means to surrender. To stand is not, you know, oh, my way or the highway. To stand means to surrender. Because when you surrender, then God can use you in, in many spaces, God can help you understand a woman's pain. God can help you understand a man's pain, understand your children's pain, understand that you don't just blow up, you know, because one who has the wisdom and the understanding of God is able to adapt and move in, their, in various circles. That's one of the gifts I feel like God has given me, me, me you know, walking this, this path. I'll give an example of that, you know, biblically. You know, when God said to um, the Nicodemus, who is the man of the law, right? Nicodemus came to visit him at night, who is one of the Pharisees, a man of the law. Christ told him he must be born again. To be born again means to be formless. Why? Because water, we look at it as just baptism, as cleansing. But no, the character of water is what? Formless. It moves and flows effortlessly. Can you do that as a human being? Then the other thing that God used as a definition, what it means to be born again, is wind. Wind has no form. (laughs) <laughs> he just blows and yeah. goes wherever he, he moves. You know, many of right. us are not like that mentally and emotionally. We're just stuck, you know, in our limited understanding that was created by our culture, our politics, and our religion. I'll give you an example of the politicians who talk behind door. They they even practice more formlessness than 
the people that vote for them. <laughs> because behind the scenes, they <laughs> won't have deals. <laughs> but the everyday yeah. man is steady hitting each other. But behind the scenes, they're working at deals, you know. And that's one of the things I, I want to remind people. And another example of it is Jeremiah. When God said to Jeremiah, go to the porter's house. There, I will speak to you. And, uh, you know, I realized that, whoa, that to be formless is to be like a wet clay in God's hands. If you're mm-hmm. a wet clay, that means God can mold you into many forms and move you around in different you know, avenues like that. You know, Apostle Paul said, I've become all things to men, so I'm a winsome. That's adaptation. You know, yes. the, the most surviving species that we see around today is because they were able to adapt. That's one of the first things I, le- I learned in biology. Any species that is able to adapt will, you know, navigate and be able to survive many challenges in life. You know, but when we are formed what happens to a, um, a clay that is formed? In order for the potter to use it, what does what does the potter do? He destroys it, breaks it, <laughs> you know, and pours water yep. on it to keep it formless again. You know, so the nature of satisfying soul is to be formless. And when you're formless, like I said, you know, you can speak to your wife. And even when she's angry, you can understand and go beyond her anger and not be, in, you know, intimidated by you know, maybe some of the things that she might say to you because she's angry, you know, regarding your kids, the same thing, being able to allow your kids to speak their mind, but also teach them how to respect, to honor that. Sometimes not everybody knows how to deal with pain, you know, so formlessness, satisfied soul is about divine wisdom that God gives you to navigate through life so that you don't get stuck or limited within a box because then you can transition and be able to navigate through life. You know, it doesn't mean you don't get angry, it just means that that you're smart on how you express it and how you you're able to you know go about your business you know whether it's at home at the workplace or like I said even at church. Does that? Yeah, absolutely. And I, that reminds me, just listening to that formless, like in a spiritual sense, it reminds me of um, Ed Milet's book that I read, uh, the Max Out book, and mm. the way that he talks about you are every 10 years you're a different human being physically Mm. because your body has regenerated itself every decade. Mm. And I don't know why that stuck out to me, but to say if, you know, God has designed your body to continue to evolve and to grow and to replace itself, how much more is the spirit called or the soul called to be formless because in, in I'm bouncing around all over the place here, but no, 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 you, you good. What you're like, what, what you, what you're talking about reminded me of like a crafted prayer that I had, um, and I had kind of crafted in, in really hard times is to be hope mm. where, where there's hopelessness or, yeah. uh, to be certainty where there's uncertainty, to certainty. be joy where yeah. there's pain and just allowing, just asking God to allow me to adapt just like you know what you're saying here to adapt to the moment and to be able to do that authentically to be able to they, show up authentically in this particular form um, yes. to be ever present to be to be the need in front of your feet if you will and it, i i really this, what you're talking about right now go ahead and jump back in what you're talking about right now is really speaking to that truth of being formless 
No, it, it, it is because that's what Christ was. You know, and, so you know, a, a lot of people, you know, don't understand when Christ tells you to surrender, he's not telling you something he did not do. <laughs> right. You know, that's right. <laughs> you know, he surrendered so that we can be free. You know, he surrendered so that he, you know, we can be free. He surrendered, you know, to a greater, you know, a greater uh, um, authority of the father so that he can set us all free to be ourselves. Except you and I won't get crucified like he do, like he was, you know, <laughs> but it's, <also laughs> you know, but it's the story. It's like, it's like you now you do things so that your kids don't have to go through it. That's right. You know, that's right. Christ did what he did because he, so that we don't have to go through, you know, all of that. He said, I've overcome the world. And I, I, I want to bring it more to a everyday experience for people who are not believers. Cause I love talking to atheists. I love talking to all kinds of people because it's, yes. it's life. You know, you know, it is life. It's not religion. I always want to remind people, God is not a Christian. That might blow some people's That's mind right. away. <laughs> you know, you know, Christ That's is right. life. You know, you know, Christ is not a religious act. You know, see, that's the that's limited right. mind of man, man that turned into a religion. <laughs> you know, you know, right. I, there's a saying in you know, the where Christ says that foxes have holes and the beds of the air have nets, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. That is about making us understand that we're supposed to live thinking outside the box because the symbolism of head is where your thoughts happen. Mm-hmm. So when he was telling the rich man that I don't have any place to lay my head means I am not dependent on the temples. I'm not dependent on anybody to do what I do. You know, because people are always searching, oh, I want to belong to a church. Yes, yeah, fantastic. But always know that God has made you so that you can go beyond the limitations that man has created. You know, that's right. And I, 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 I like, you know, what you said about authenticity, because this is the truth. When you're authentic and you are formless in God, you never get tired because you're being yourself. Come on. When you're faking it, that's when you get tired. You know, like I tell my, my wife, I don't want you to be a good woman. That freaks people out too. Because when you're being good, <laughs> when you're being good, you start to harbor certain type of hatred because you're not being true to yourself. But right. when you're being true to yourself and you're allowed in your space to be true to yourself, true to who God made you to be, you don't hold resentments about people because I don't care in my authenticity. If I'm authentic to you and you disappoint me, guess what? I can hold you accountable because what I did, you did not convince me to do it. I did it out of my free will, out of the goodness of who I am. Because it's an overflow. You know, this is like some deep um, concepts I like to share with people. You know, don't go around trying to be a good person. Because when you do, you're going to start building a lot of resentment. Because you'll discover one thing very, very, very quickly. A lot of people you're going to be good to are not going to be good to you. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and they don't care. You know, they don't, they don't so notice it, when you're doing good. There you go. They're looking you for know, accolades. You're not. That's there not you what go. It's exactly. About. That's not what it's about. You know, stay true to who you are because then, Gene, you hit it on the head because you're not looking for accolades. Everything God has done for us, he did it because that's who he is. Everything I do in my life now, I do it because that's who I am. Not because someone's going to clap for me. Like, 
I do videos, I only get one like. I'm cool with that. If that one person, you know, I do videos and I get, you know, a lot of likes. But you know what I realize is? I realize when I look at the views in the insights, you know, like today I saw an insight that showed that it was seen by over 8,627 people, but it only got two reactions. I'm like, well, to God be the glory. <laughs> you know, that is, that is not why I'm doing it, but it's good to know right. that. You, you know, God put, takes you to a place whereby your whole focus is about being true to who God made you to be. You're not doing it for performance. You're not doing it for accolades. You're not loving people for no reason. This is who I am. You know, religion makes people... Listen, I want to say this in this way, respectfully. Religion is very good. Culture is very good. Politics is very good at making good men. And good men you can control so easily. Christ is great at freeing men. Yes. That's the difference. Because Peter would have died just a good Jewish man who's a fisherman. When he met Christ, he turned into a great man that freed other great men. (laughs) You know, that's the difference between religion and Christ. So true. So, so true. And I'm, gosh, I love, I just love, uh, what you're talking about and as far as you know the likes and the in the views and it i think it's really gone a long way to corrupt the truth about credibility um when it comes to social media and in in like-mindedness i'm i'm not doing this podcast because i want the likes or the fame it is who i am to pay to pay this forward to when Rita invested her time and energy into Jeannie and I and our relationship at a point in our life where we were just stuck in the mode of survival because we were being hit from every side. Mm. She invested her time and her effort. And I said, man, if, if, if two people who have, who have such a tough situation going on are willing to invest in each other and to change their life, Um, if we can do it, anybody can do it. And I have to do, this is a labor of love for me. It is a pay it forward out of this, just out of the depths of my appreciation that Mm -hmm. that God is so good that he, Rita acting in who her self is like who she is pouring into us. And it dramatically transformed our life. And whether, whether or not, you know, we go long periods without emails and whatnot, and there was a time where it's like, oh, man, I maybe I shouldn't be doing this. But I'm, I'm called to do it regardless, whether I get likes or listens or views. I'm doing this because, like you said, it is who I am, and I can, set, I can play a part, a small part, in reaching out and setting men free. And that is what I endeavor to do. And from there, they have the opportunity if they're willing. Like, none of this happens if Jesus Christ wasn't willing to do what he did. None of yep. this happens. And so yep. if I take that as a living example, as a living testimony, and say, well, what am I willing to do? And 
that's that's one thing that like Graham Cook said, a guy that I listened to for so long that was so transformative. He says God's not interested in what you can't do. He's interested in what you're willing to do. So what are yeah. you willing to do? And <laughs> leaving behind some of those. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, real quick, because I, I want to capture that thought. He said what you're willing to do. Remember what Jesus Christ said? The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. You are the willing spirit. Yes. So you're willing because that's who you are. The flesh is not willing because that's who not the flesh is. The flesh is not designed to live forever. It depends on the on the spirit. It depends if you know someone trying to say. So everything that you're saying right now is fantastic because it's a reminder to people. You cannot live your life outside the truth of who you are. If you do, you're going to get tired. If you do, you're going to be broken. If you do, don't live in that truth. Live in a greater in a greater truth because there's two levels of truth. There's the half truth, which is that we are flesh and blood, and there's a greater truth, which where we are what we are the embodied breath of God. Mm. So you can either live out of that, or you can live you know out of you know your flesh, and then when the flesh starts to deconstruct, you know you're like, what happened? <laughs> because you spend yeah. most of your life living, you know have truths that not that does not reflect who you truly are. I've got to say though, I've got to say that something something you're talking about that is like provoking me to to deeper reflection and that mm. is if if you live outside of who you are, you will get tired. Mhm. And I'm looking at some of the areas of my life where um where am I tired? Mm. I need to investigate that because I'm living outside of who I am. And I think there there's go. a couple areas in, in, in which I know that, and I need to, I need to confront that. And, and, you know, that needs to be addressed in my life. And I think I, I know right now I'm believing this is a higher calling to that because I always try to be so diplomatic and tiptoe around certain people's egos mm. and, you know, um, but I'm sacrificing myself and maybe what God has for those people. And I'm not talking about there attacking people verbally. You know, I know what you mean. That, you know? um, <laughs> I know what you mean. But uh, life is too short to be tired. It's too short. I mean, this it's such a it, life is such a gift that I I want to honor this gift with all that I am and all that he has for me to be because those to me are the only things that 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 we will take with us yep. are these relationships and these moments and that's it you know ed my and, and i there there are a few people i refer to often you ed my probably rocky balboa etc um, <laughs> and, and one of those uh one of those things that ed my had said is that when i get to heaven and i meet the man i'm supposed to be mm. i want to see an identical twin there you um, go. And it really that really struck my heart. Um, but it kind of leads me to this as we sadly will have to wrap up here in the next few minutes. But, you know, I, I think one of the things that I would love to talk about sometime I had uh, my former Bible teacher got on and he did some lessons on masculinity and mm -hmm. fem, fem, the masculine and the feminine, because I can't say the other word. It just femininity. <laughs> I feel like I'm. I feel like it's an episode of Nemo and I can't just say it. And anemone. <laughs> but um <laughs> talking about you know the value 
that God has in both of those and how they complement one another. And, you know, you were you were talking about telling Amber, it's like, uh, I don't want you to be a good woman. And yeah. it reminded me of that because Heads exploded when that went out. I'm sure. <laughs> well, the thing is, is that like what did some of some of the concepts that God created the masculine um, is to handle the chaos of the feminine and just allow chaos to pour out, like to pour out into a bowl um, so mm-hmm. that it's and I and I listen to that. and I go, wow, that is that is very interesting that you're saying, hey. I want you to be you in, in, mm-hmm. in all that you've been created to be. And I'm not going to push back on that because I'm worried about my feelings. I'm going to allow you, you to be you. There and you that go. to me I, is like, go ahead. No, no. I, I want to tell a quick story. You know, the story is this. this. This is how God helped me grow that story. The story starts with when you see a flower, a beautiful flower, Right. What we do? What do we? What do we do? Usually, do we cut that flower, we put it in a bowl, and we start to feed it all of this, you know, synthesized, you know, you know, foods to keep it alive. But it stays alive for about, let's say, um, a week or two, and then it withers. That's the story of life for a lot of women and some men. But the Bible says a man shall live and cling to his wife. Think of a woman as that flower. How many women have been cut off from their true self and brought into the house? And they start, a man start pouring all of this love on her, but that love is synthetic because her true strength was coming from a natural base. When she was outside getting the sun, surrounded by other flowers that look like, you know what I mean? You know, that really opened my mind about how you allow people to be themselves. You know, because you're trying to control them, because you like them. Oh, I really love this flower. You're going to cut her off of her root and bring her inside the house where there's no more sun, where there's no more attachment to the um, to the soil. And now you're going to try to feed it what it needs. It's going to go, it's going to be withered away. Mm-hmm. You know, but in its natural form, it was shining. And that's what I, and that's what drew you when, when she was in her natural form. That's what attracted your right. eye. You know, I, I'm not just saying it for, for women. It happens both sides, too. When you sacrifice being true yourself to try to be, quote, unquote, a good husband or a good, you end up killing a lot of things that is natural within you that will not make you tired. Elijah, right. you know, so being able to respect that, and I know the reason why many of us are afraid, we're afraid, oh, I, I might lose you. You know, if I allow you to be, be yourself, ah, I'm not being a man, I can't control you the way I want to. I'm not being a woman, oh, I can't control you, because control goes both ways. You know, women are also very manipulative, just like men are. You know, I, I'm a realist, you know, mm-hmm. but I've come to realize that whatever I lose was not was never designed to be mine. So especially I, I, when, go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, I said, I whatever was, I, I was going to no. say, <laughs> no, finish, finish, finish. I, I'm sorry for interrupting you. It's uh, just, especially when you're operating from a place of insecurity. There um, you go. Of fear. And, and God would not have you. Yes. 
because that's what it's based out of. And that's yes. one of the things that you that you that you taught me so well um, about the difference uh, or about the similarities in fear and faith. Um, yeah. But it's it's when you're operating out of those places of fear and insecurity that you feel like you have to control everything there that's you go. around you. And that's true. You know, we were talking. I was talking to another guy that was a marriage expert, and you know, there's a lot of talk about toxic masculinity. And I said, I think we, I think we've misnamed that. I said, I think it's mm -hmm. misguided masculinity. Yeah. There is a healthy, God-given purpose for masculinity, and yep. it is a place it's that true. it's a place that opens, that opens the safety for the feminine to operate in who yeah. she is. And yeah. it's exactly what you're talking about there. I don't need you to be a good woman. I need you to be the woman. I want you. How about this? I want you to be the woman that I married and I want to facilitate that growth. I want to facilitate yeah. that strength. I want to facilitate your courage. I want mm -hmm. to be a part of what, of that sunshine that was giving you that instead of cutting yes. you off until you fade, because I want to have you. And, yeah. uh, I, I, yep. man, that is just so, but you know, the, the, the thing that people get confused there though, is they, so there's three words that, that Izzy's using that are bouncing in my head. And this is where I'm thinking the listeners are going to have the issue because all of my alarms are going off in my head. I love it. Submit, surrender and truth. Submit to a woman is like, I, no, I am not giving over total control. Now, what people don't seem to understand is you're not giving over total control. What you're giving over is total trust. I am trusting you with me so that I can be myself and you're not going to hurt me. You're not going to bruise me. You're not going to criticize me. You're going to allow me to be me. But people nowadays, when you say submit, it's like that means that you are to be a doormat. You are to do whatever the man oh. says. You're supposed to be, you know, you're, you're supposed to fit in this particular, um, I don't want to say box because it's not the word. It's, it's like I'm supposed to just expect him to lead me and I have no choice but to do what he says. That shit don't fly in my house. And, and you <laughs> put the E on this because it's me. But the yeah. other one is surrender. And I think on, on the masculine side, what we've come up against a lot of times, myself included, is when you say surrender to God, people are like, well, you're again, I'm giving over control. You're asking me to give over to something that I can't even see. You're asking me to give over to something that I don't even know for sure if it exists. But at the same time, what you're actually saying, surrender doesn't mean to give over completely all that you're really asking someone to do when you ask them. Cause like in, in a, in a, in the way that we're taught, if you look at school books and things like that, surrender means that you're defeated. I've quit. Mm. I've given up. I'm defeated. I have to yeah. lay down at someone else's feet because they've won. That's not yeah. what surrender means in this respect. Surrender is simply open your mind. Stop going by what you're being told, what's being shoved in your face. I am not going to ever fit the, um, what, what is it? The, the Susie homemaker is not me. I, I'm not the one who bakes for hours, cleans everybody's laundry. I clean my kids. No, I do not. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm a mom who believes in telling my kids the truth. You have to learn to work for yourself and do things for yourself. But I'm also a mom who says, if you're with a friend and something they're doing rubs you the wrong way, walk away from that friend. 
walk away mm -hmm. from the situation because something inside you is telling you this is not you. This is not what you are meant to be doing. That's yeah. the surrender. The surrender is open your mind to think for yourself. Stop looking at what other people are telling you. The box that everybody's in is looking at if I don't do X, Y, and Z, and I don't make X amount of money, and I don't have so many likes, and I don't have all these things. Dude, you're not going to have it when you leave anyway. So what's the freaking point? <laughs> Why are you doing this? If you if you are doing this out of simply... You know, people are, are who are looking for their their truth. Your truth is just be you. It doesn't yeah. matter what it looks like to everybody else. That that's what's the conflict is. Is well, you don't look like I think you should look, or you don't act the way I think you should act, or you don't believe the same beliefs that I do, and that's what causes conflict. If everybody would shut up for a minute and just open your mind to consider that other people can actually have an open mind. They don't have mm -hmm. to. If everybody's closed, nobody's open. Nobody's receiving anything. We're all closed. Exactly. So who's getting what? That, you know, that's I, a I'm, great... I'm listening to all this and my brain is going, oh my God, it's going to explode when I'm, I'm thinking of what people are going through in their head because my head is doing the same thing. <laughs> Submit well, surrender you know, are two of my words that are just like, ah. Yeah, <laughs> I hate it, them, it, but it, I love them at the same time. You know what? It's because of eating on the nail. It's because of the way we've been taught what the word surrender means. Because surrender in my book is standing. When God said, stand and be still and know that I'm the Lord, actually means surrender and know that you are a part of me. And when you are a part of me, nothing is impossible. You know, I'll give you an example. What others have been taught is, is to surrender means to fall. To fall. Yeah. No, so, it's not. It, it's not exactly you know? that's what i'm saying there's a, there's yeah. a difference and, there and the other thing is it's it's all about translation to you know where people are i'll give you an example you know if you look at the woman in proverbs 31 that was an independent woman who made her own mm -hmm. money had her own business and she's an example of the surrender she was independent and she if her husband her left yeah if her husband left her, she can stand on her own. But she chose to be with the man she loves. And the man she loves, a lot, you know, encouraged her and supported her to explore her business opportunities and her creativities. And that's why the whole house thrives. You know, I think, you know, sometimes, you know, that idea of a man being a protector, which is true, is taken so far that in your protection, you end up crushing all the things you love. Yes. Yeah. If you put a wall around a flower, you're just blocking the sunlight. Sometimes you need exactly. to open the door. And, and, that, and, and, and I, I don't want it to sound like that's just what men do because women do it too. That's the thing I've come, you know, some of the people I've spoken to, you realize that, wow, in some way in life, women sabotage their husband's aspirations. Husbands sabotage their wives' aspiration. Why? Because they are both full of fear and insecurities, and you know, filled with right. so we many do it to things. Our kids like, too. Yeah, yeah. Oh, real yeah, quick, on a lighter note. That's it. Yeah, you know, on a lighter note, cute. Guess what I just realized. What'd you realize? Looking at your name and my name uh, on my screen, our initials <laughs> QI means life force. What? Yes, the initial of your name, of your first name, and the initial of my first name, when you put it together, 
it means life force. Seriously? It's yes. I use it in Scrabble. He's telling the truth. Because <laughs> he's looking at me like, wait, what? Uh, yeah, it's a legit word. I use it in Scrabble. It gets me a lot of yeah, points. Yeah, it, it, it just hit me before we started. I just looked at you know someone just said type in QI. I typed in QI, and sure enough, he says life force. That so is incredible. I, that's that. Our connection was not a, a, a no chance. You know, I, I do appreciate you know just how you maintain your truth. You know, and Jeannie, you as well. You know, and I want to add this. The reason why I say I don't want my wife to be a good woman. I don't want people around me to go around go around being good unless I want to control them. Is Christ said the truth will set you free. It's not being yes. good. Many of the religious people are so good that if they see truth, they will not recognize it. Because they are trapped <laughs> in the behavior. That they've been, you know, told. That's why I use the word box. You know, mm-hmm. you know, when when Christ showed up on the scene, He brought the truth that we set everyone free. When most people come in a box, they bring truth that will control everyone and put them in their little pockets that makes them feel comfortable. That's the difference. Very you know? true. Very true. That's- it's it it's it it is the depths of what truth really is and i say that because to me that's foundational when when you're being who you are and and in no way are we saying you just go around and you selfishly throw what you want to do on everyone but when you what i believe izzy and i are both talking about is when you be who you are what flows from that will be the Mm -hmm. goodness of god and because you are you're not Sorry, sorry, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, I'm saying you. When you say something, he just hit me, and that's why I just blurted it out. I said because you can't give out anything but you know the joy of the Lord. When you're being that's true it. to yourself, you can't, and you're not being pretentious. That's the beauty because it's so authentic. That any think about every think about everything that God made. He made it for everyone. It touched everyone. Yeah. Think about what everything religion has made. They just made it for their own people, for their own kind, for their own thinkers. For their... That's a difference. God goes, wow, let the other light, everybody. Religion goes, yes. you have to be a member for you to be a, part, a partaker of this peace. <laughs> you know? Yes. <laughs> That's True. the difference. And it, and it really reminds me of what we were taught during some of those times that we were going to church together um, that – Strength overextended becomes a weakness. Yep. And when you, when when you apply those principles, maybe they are good principles, but then they're operated with fear. Um, you kill the flower, and mm. it's it's really it's really really sad because, you know, we talk of we talk about God not you know didn't give us a spirit of fear. Yes. Yet we continually. Um, we continue to operate out of that place because of our insecurities. And what that does is that that creates these toxic behaviors. And really, you know, just going all the way back, like all through these notes um, that I've taken, because I have to go back and review these, um, which I will (laughs) when I listen to this show. 
Yeah. It comes back to the essence of uh, being adaptable or formless and in um, just being who God called you to be. Who did he design you to be and allowing him to lead you um, yeah. in this thing called life? Because you're not you're not here by accident. You're here uh, for a distinct purpose. And, you know, I think it's important that we emphasize that because. There's a lot of there's a lot of confusion when it comes to people's identity in this current life and culture. There's a lot yeah. of there's a lot of depression going on because people are I mean, they're starting to set up and they're starting to set up these. Uh, what are they called? Um, people at like 20 years old can just commit suicide because they don't they don't see a point of moving forward with life. Mm. And it's really it's really sad um, because confusion, um, or confusion in who you are and what are you, what you're here to do comes to me from, from the enemy and from resentment yeah. and from fear, etc. So, um, we, if you have any final thoughts, Izzy, let go ahead and let's talk about it. And then we've got a hard stop coming up. I am so sorry that we have to, no, no. we have to close no this one out. No worries, man. You know, we, we are sowing the seeds that will lead to people to have some real internal uh, conversations. You know, most importantly, I like to say, one, always remember that Jesus is a comforter. You know, yes. you know, that's the one of the things that he does. You know, he loves all all of us. He want, He doesn't want us to be trapped in our own, you know, I, I like to say, let me walk back something. You know, what I mean, walk back, let me just start from this when you were born into this world you came to a culture and your culture involved into politics and your politics involved into religion a lot you know not under those exact you know sequence but it can do any sequence but those those three boxes or those three things define you and christ came and satisfied soul is all about Reminding you that before you had those three things, you had a relationship with God. So do not spend your life thinking that those three things are the three check boxes you have to fulfill for you to feel like you've lived a full life. You know, I have tools in my garage right now. I am not my tools, but I can use them to do what I'm supposed to, you know what I mean? That's, and that's, that's the true essence of this. Our flesh, our culture is just a tool. Our politics is just a tool. Our religion is just a tool. Relationship is what matters. Relationship that transcends those two, those three things is what we call intimacy. I can't be intimate with my wife if I'm only able to understand her when she fits the mold that I want her to fit. And then she can't understand me if she just wants me to fit the mold so we have to give each other grace for growth, grace for understanding, and being truthful because the truth will liberate us and give us the freedom to grow into who God has called us to be, you know, because so the true. essence of God is freedom. The essence of God is wellness. The essence of God is abundance. You know, I like to say abundance leads to wellness, wellness leads to harmony with God and all his creation. That's one of the things I've, I've come to discover, that the more mm. you allow yourself 
to be touched by the truth of who you are. The truth of who you really are would, would trump, if you will, every other truth that have been told to you. And now you begin to see people for their souls, who they truly are, and not what the boxes they were raised in. Because we are all raised in boxes. We are all programmed. And the essence of Christ is to deconstruct all that programming. That is really what it, what it means to be born again. You know, has your program been deconstructed to the part? It reveals the breath of God. You know, because man is the clay. When God made man, God made, made it out of the dust of this world, clay. And then what did he do? That clay, did that clay move? No, he did not move. Did that clay talk? No, he did not talk. So that clay, you know, had no business to do anything until God blew into that clay. You are the breath. You are not the clay. That's the essence of it. So if that clay is white, yes. if that clay is black, if that clay is Asian, that clay is a woman, that clay is, know that you are the breath. And for you and I to really live well, for you and I to really reach to our greatness, I like what you know. Um, Ed likes to say about the greatness, you know, Max, for you to reach your greatness, you have to be able to transcend that those things. So true. So true. I'm not going to add a thing to that. I think it was beautiful, and I appreciate it. And thank you for, for speaking to, to our audience, and thank you for coming here and, and challenging me um, to grow and uh, allowing the Holy Spirit to, to speak through you and to speak to me and to speak to whoever might be listening. And uh, before, before we go, I want to make sure that you tell our audience how to get in touch with you. And then I'll put that in the show notes as well. Izzy. Yeah. Well, you can follow me on, on Instagram at I am Banabrago, you know, um, is it.com, right? I'll put your handle on there. Yeah. yeah. I think it's like Instagram. It's just at yeah. I am at, Banabrago. That, yeah. That's at I mean. Instagram. I am Banabrago. So, you know, it, it, got, it can also reach me on Facebook, you know, search for my name, Banabrago. And um, I'm on LinkedIn as well. You know, um, where else I am? And, and if anybody wants to reach out to me, you can reach out to Quincy personally. I'm available to come and speak anywhere, you know, do Zoom like we just, we're doing right now. And, you know, this is fantastic. Quincy, I really appreciate the honor of being, uh, I'm, just, I'm just, you know, I'm just, I'm, this to me is another celebration of our, you know, friendship to talk with you is always, you know, it's always challenging and, but it's a good, in a good way, in a good way. It is. Oh, real, it, real quick, quick, quick. I know you, I really want to say there's something that you said that really blessed me uh, before we even came on the air. And that was the mortal mind, the mortal mm -hmm. mind, satisfied soul is about God taking you out of your mortal mind. That, it is full stop. <laughs> <laughs> that is so good, dude. I mean, I don't think there's enough time on the clock for us. That's all I can say. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. It, it's it's always been that way. It's always, yeah, always, been that yeah, way. always. And uh, and I love it. And you know what? What I love is that I think we both we both look at you know when we never really identify each other. Oh, he's a white dude. He's a black dude. But we see, mm -hmm. we see color as something to celebrate, not separate. They all oh, um, beautiful. Yeah. 
yeah. you know, God is just so good. It's uh, like we talked about before. I, I wish I had a darker complexion, this darn Irish skin. Uh, you know, but uh, it, it's all good. The tattoos man. wouldn't be as bright. Though, that's true. That's, that's my. Yeah, only, that's that's the only good thing. <laughs> <laughs> Izzy, I love hey, you, man. It, it is. Man, I, I love you too, yeah. man. Hey, I see you too, man. I pre- hey, Jeannie, thank you for the uh, points that you made. Those were all good. It's good to everybody to know. God wants us all to be free. I've come to set the captive free. You know, just in love and respect. You know, God bless you and your family. Absolutely, and I I definitely don't want Jeannie to be a good girl. I like when you're a naughty girl, honey. I just want to throw that out there. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> he is <laughs> he is Israel Mbanabaragu. She's Jeannie yeah. Moran. I'm Quincy Moran, and this is Man vs. Marriage, the podcast. Awesome.